The Colorado Business Roundtable unapologetically tells the story that business is a force for good in our community, featuring conversations with thought leaders from academia, business, community, and government. Welcome to A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown. Hey, thanks for joining us today on this episode of A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown. And this is Debbie Brown with Colorado Business Roundtable, where we bring together thought leaders on issues that impact Colorado's economic competitiveness with partners uh, like today, specifically about global partnerships and global competitiveness and how it affects all of our executives who represent academia, business, community, and government. And a longtime partner of Colorado Business Roundtable has always been the Canadian consulate here in Denver. Uh, representing the vast interests that we have with Colorado companies, Canadian companies, and how our trade relationship and partnership has been instrumental in making sure that Colorado stays competitive. So today I want to welcome Sylvain Fabi to the show, who's our Consul General here in Denver. Welcome, Sylvain. Thank you. Nice to be with you. Thank you. Well, you've you've got, I was just telling you that you're my favorite diplomat. You're just such an amazing person at connecting people, you know, making sure folks really understand the long-term relationship between Canada and Colorado and Canada and the United States more specifically. Tell me just for the folks listening a little bit more about your background and how you came to Colorado. I'm a career diplomat. Uh, For the first, at least half of my career, I was a trade commissioner, which is a little bit the equivalent of uh, commerce department people in U.S. embassies abroad. So trying to help uh, Canadian companies do business, invest or attract investment into Canada. So I did that for most of my uh, career. And then then I I, I became at a a little higher level where, you know, I deal with, uh, especially as a head of mission here in Denver, all the issues of what a diplomat does. I served in um, in Moscow. That was my first posting in the end of the 90s when, when this was all beautiful and uh, we were all friends and everybody wanted to <laughs> You work. shouldn't have left Moscow. Maybe that's <laughs> yeah. the problem. And then, yeah. and then I served in, in Havana, Cuba, which is another dimension of being a diplomat, especially on the trade development side. I served in Santiago, Chile, and then I was uh, high commissioner, which is the equivalent of being ambassador to Jamaica and the Bahamas. And then I came uh, to Colorado as consul general of Canada. So I and I these postings were in between were stints in Ottawa, working in different kinds of uh, of uh, areas of our um, of our foreign department. That's fabulous. Also on today's show, I'm excited to welcome Catherine Burkell, who is the Senior Trade Commissioner for the Consulate General of Canada here in Denver as well. And uh, welcome, Catherine. Great to see you again. You too, Debbie. It's great to see you. And thanks for inviting me and and us to uh, join you on this podcast. You bet. And similarly to Sylvain, you have such a unique background in diplomacy And I'd love, I've heard a little bit about your story over the last year or two, but would love to have you share with the folks listening what, a little bit more about your background and how you came to be here in Denver. So uh, it's a good time to ask me that as I am actually about to retire. So I've been with the department almost 30 years and joined the Foreign Service after doing a a couple of other things. But I think uh, diplomacy was always in my blood and a real interest for me. So I've always worked on 
as we call it, the trade side of the shop. So working with Canadian companies and uh, promoting uh, Canada abroad from a business perspective. And I've been fortunate enough to have postings in uh, Seattle, Panama, Barcelona, and now Denver. And just like Sylvain, you've had such great uh, international experience. I know you're someone I also call on when I'm traveling to get tidbits of what to see, what to experience when I'm traveling abroad. So even though you're retiring, I'm looking forward to continuing our friendship and and travel stories going forward. Me too. So to kick us off, Sylvain, back to you. Can Why is Denver, why is Colorado important to Canada? Uh, you know, why is the U.S. important to Canada? We talked just briefly about trade, but would love to have you give, you know, perhaps kind of an overview of the economic ties between our two countries. Yeah. Thank you, Debbie. Obviously, most Americans will instinctively know that that the U.S. is Canada's biggest trade partner by far. What a lot of Americans may not know is that Canada is the U.S.'s leading trade partner more than China. We buy more from the U.S. than you sell to China, Japan, and the U.K. combined. So we are a big trade partner. And this trade relationship, the bilateral trade relationship between Canada and the U.S. is the single largest trade relationship between two countries on Earth. That's how important it is. And of course, on other issues, we're we're also quite very important to each other, The, the issue of our common North American security and defense, right? And and Colorado is at the heart of that with, uh, with NORAD being based in Colorado Springs. NORAD, again, interesting tidbit, is the only bilateral military command in the world. Joint command, I should say. The only bilateral joint command in the world where we take care of our uh, North American perimeter together under one command. So you're beginning to see we share the longest border in the world with all of the issues that come up with the border. 40% of our border is water that we share. So this is a big issue in our bilateral relationship, the management of these these lakes and, and rivers. So you can see right away why, you know, Canada has, of course, an embassy in Washington, but has 12 consulate generals around the U.S. because everything we do with the U.S. is so important. Here in Colorado, we the consulate is responsible for our relationship with, of course, Colorado, Montana, Wyoming, Utah, and Kansas. And if we were to make a country out of that territory, you would probably be very close to the top 10 in terms of, of trade partnership for Canada. And this is just one chunk of the U.S., right? We have a huge relationship. We have a consulate here to try to take care of it. Catherine's team is there to support and, and promote bilateral commercial relationships, whether it's investment or trade in goods and services, which are taking more and more importance um, as time goes by. And that's why we have an office in Denver, because, uh, of course, it's not just because we love you. We actually do. But it's also because you are important to us. I think, I think you're right. If we were to poll people who are generally incredibly intelligent, they probably wouldn't know some of those tidbits you just said. I think when you explained that to me about NORAD, you know, several months back, it just really took me by surprise. But understanding, I think, this sort of quiet, large friendship 
strategic alliance, uh, you know, trade and otherwise is really shocking. And actually people should know more about that. Well, Sylvina, follow-up question on that. What are you, what do you see as some of the more, um, the more robust industries that are tied together between the two countries or between, you know, this Western uh, mountain region and Canada, what are those, whether robust, uh, you know, stable industries or growing industries that you think we should have on our radar? Well, I'll tell you what sectors or industries are on our radar to expand our links with uh, Colorado and in the area, right? Because we respond to all requests from, from all sectors from our business clients in Canada. But we, what we do proactively, we have to target to be more efficient, right? So for us, of course, there's the oil and gas and energy sector, clean tech is very big. We do a lot of work with NREL, which is the uh, uh, National Renewable Energy Lab based here in Colorado. ICT, of course, you know, communications technology and informatics, it's big. Agriculture is a big sector where we do a lot of trade and, and, and joint work. And of course, uh, with aerospace, we have a big participation every year. You come, we see you every year at Debbie to uh, the uh, Space Symposium in Colorado Springs where our industries get together and talk about things they could do together. So these are the sectors where we as a team with our limited resources concentrate on to build an even stronger bilateral commercial relationship. That makes perfect sense. And Catherine, I want to loop you in. In particular, we both now, you know, I'm a new fan of Vancouver. Of course, you've always been a fan of Vancouver Tell us a little bit more, and this is kind of setting up for our delegation question too that I want to ask you. Would love to know more about your thoughts as a Vancouver native, you know, now living here in Denver. What do you see about the similarities of those two cities? And this is a little bit of a tee up again of our of our delegation trip we took there, but want to just frame it first, kind of big picture, the different, you know, what what do you see about Vancouver and Denver similarities and differences? Yeah, thanks, Debbie, for that question. I am a Vancouver fan. It's my hometown, and I'm going to be moving back there. So, but, uh, you know, Vancouver has always been a, a dynamic city and an innovative city as well. And I think what's interesting about Vancouver and, and Denver, too, is that you sort of, in both cities, people are, are, really looking for new new areas to expand. Denver's attracting new people from different parts of the United States. Uh, Vancouver has been attractive for many years, not only to um, people from within Canada and, uh, and the United States, but also Asia. So they're both, uh, they're both cities that are dynamic, innovative, uh, looking to change. Vancouver has historically, I think, been more diverse than Denver, but Denver's diversity is certainly growing as well. Some of that certainly is driven by the attractive lifestyle. That is a huge benefit and a draw for both uh, both cities. It makes it pretty easy. All other else, other, all other things being equal, you know, when you show pictures of the mountains and uh, skiing, etc. And in Vancouver, as you saw the green space and the mountains and the ocean, people put their hands up and say, yeah, when can I come? So I think uh, that's also a similarity between the two cities. Yeah, I think we're very spoiled. You know, there's so many 
um, beautiful places to live on the planet. And then there's really, really epic, beautiful places to live on the planet. And so when you get to choose where you want to live, you know, Canada in all its beauty, I can't wait to explore other parts of Canada, but that's a great economic driver uh, to where businesses want to want to land, where they want to bring, you know, talent. And that really leads me to one of the reasons I wanted to have you both on was to talk about the recent delegation trip that we worked on together for Colorado Business Roundtable executives working very closely with uh, your team, Catherine Yu, is, is really the catalyst in that conversation on a business delegation to Vancouver, uh, and also working with Invest Vancouver, Trade and Invest British Columbia. You know, we had about 12 executives recently on a two-day business delegation. And then the purpose was part of it showcasing the beauty of Vancouver, but part of it, frankly, back to Sylvain's comments, how do we do business together? How do we have economic impact? How do we continue to invest uh, with, with such a good trade partner? And I think we had some really good takeaways from that trip. One of the main sectors, of course, was clean tech, uh, green energy economy. And Catherine, I'd love for you to just, you know, I'm kind of teeing it up, but I'd love for you to get your feedback from that trip. What were some things that were interesting for you as maybe highlights of the folks that came together in Vancouver? Yeah, I thought it was a great program. Um, and I think it uh, surprised in a very positive way, uh, people on both sides. So the participants uh, who joined us from Denver and also the uh, folks from Vancouver as well to see what kinds of um, uh, similarities uh, kind of develop from the conversation and our conversations and, and opportunities to, um, to explore. You know, one of the things that I wanted to mention, I think Vancouver has developed um, uh, in the clean tech space, um, partly out of a, a need, because as you saw, there isn't room to expand in Vancouver. So uh, hemmed in by the uh, Pacific Ocean on one side and, and the mountains on another and the border on a third. So it, we can only really move east. And there's only so far that people are willing to drive uh, and traffic they're willing to put up with to get into Vancouver to work every day. So that, I think, is one of the things that really spurred the development of clean tech and kind of the uh, improvements to transit and uh, looking at ways to uh, make the city a smarter city that Denver is also really looking at for some of the same reasons. Um, there's more room to expand here, but uh, but that's always an issue. Um, related to growth. So uh, I think that's, that is probably the most exciting conversation I saw um, coming out of uh, Vancouver, but we also had uh, um, our aerospace friend who was up uh, there and also really interested to see what was going on and uh, who might be a good potential partner. And, and uh, so I think we see things like this as kind of a, a basic opportunity, uh, a familiarity tour, if you will. And then what we want to do going forward is um, is promote continued opportunities to uh, to work together, um, to share information, because it really does become a global network. And that's how things get done. 
Yeah, I think that's very well said. In fact, it makes me think there needs to be a couple more follow-ups from that trip. The only bummer about the trip is Sylvain wasn't on it, to be fair. That was the only thing that could have improved the trip. We'll make sure you looped it on the follow-up. But I but I want to also just put a shout out to the hospitality that we had on the ground with the folks that had been doing a lot of the heavy lifting on planning meetings. Uh, again, from Trade and Invest uh, BC and Invest Vancouver, they were phenomenal. Mm-hmm. And the folks that I'm still running into today from the governor's office who are working on, you know, tech hubs, hydrogen hubs, you know, the some of the issues with the green economy certainly are not uh, held in borders. You know, we have to all work together on executing these new technologies, uh, Mm -hmm. you know, in a global fashion. So it's really, really exciting. One of the other things I took, and I'd love it if either of you want to give feedback on it was, but from our standpoint, especially from the private sector as well, was Canada's immigration policy, frankly, is so... um, modern, it it really takes into account what workforce and talent you need within Canada, that we had some really good conversations about uh, immigration and how America could look at what Canada is doing, uh, you know, and, and perhaps take some lessons from Canada on that. I don't know if that's an area either of you want to speak to, but in terms of how you create uh, talent pools. Canada's population has not been growing on its own or hardly for decades, but our economy has kept growing. So Canada needs talent coming from around the world in order to, you know, keep growing and improve the country and contribute to uh, the society. So Canada has one of the, or perhaps the most generous proactive immigration program in the world. So we actually proactively seek out people and we have a program that, that of course, we work with the private sector in Canada to identify where the needs are, almost down to the type of, well, not almost, down to the type of job, right? So if you're in country X and you need, you, you're mechanical engineer and that's one of the positions that where Canada has a need, then you get some sort of fast track to immigrate to Canada. Uh, we also have, like the U.S., a family reunification aspect to our immigration program, but, but it is aimed at contributing to improve and increase Canada's society and economy. That's why we have a system that now other countries are starting to look at to say, okay, immigration is is important and it now becomes needed, right? If you want to keep growing and your population is not growing, it's difficult to grow. We have new needs in Canada, especially like in the US, especially now in a situation where the labor market is really, really tight. Well, if you have 500,000 immigrants that come, many of whom are chosen for their skills, well, it helps. Well, and it's it's funny too, because I went on a, a trip the past year or so to Japan on a governor's delegation and, and talking about immigration and they're not able to backfill strategically. It seems like they're struggling with that policy. So it's, yeah. it is interesting when we work with companies that have a global lens, which countries are able to meet the talent need and which aren't was really startling. 
So uh, kudos to Canada. I think one of the conversations was, oh, we don't want to tell you what we're doing in talent acquisition because uh, uh, America might copy it. And I said, oh, <laughs> I think I think we know and we're not copying it. So it's all good. <laughs> but uh, really, really interesting subject matters. Would love to just finalize our time with you all. And, and I'd love to have both of you answer. What What's something as you're thinking about the Colorado Business Roundtable audience of CEOs and executives of large employers here, academia, business, community, government, we're all intertwined. What's something you'd want them to know about Canada? Some exciting um, economic partnership, something that you feel like they need to know when they're thinking about uh, not just their next vacation, but maybe their next investment decision as a company. What would you want them to know about Canada? And uh, Catherine, we'll have I'll have you go first and then Sylvain can kind of wrap us up. I would say first and foremost, just to remember that uh, we are your most important trading partner. And it's very much, it is an elephant and ant relationship to a certain extent, but uh, the ant, elephant needs the ant as much as the ant needs the elephant. And and when we're looking at uh, supply chains in the auto industry, the aerospace industry, and, and others as well, or uh, cattle that crosses the border back and forth for uh, growth and then processing and then sale, etc., we really do work so well together in the vast, vast, vast majority. I forget the percentage, but, you know, 99.9% of our trading relationship is problem free and things and people move across the border really easily, but there's still a border there and we need to pay attention to it uh, on both sides and our businesses and our corporate leaders and our academics need to look for ways to um, uh, continue those good relationships and those uh, free movement of uh, goods and services and people um, back and forth between Canada and the United States. Perfect. Sylvain, how about you? What are your final well, thoughts for us? First of all, what everything Catherine said is true. One sector in particular that I would like to add to what she said and it's, it's a sector that's crucial for the, our future economies is, is critical minerals, right? It's, we're having, you know, big issues on where to mine them, how to transform them, <clears throat> et cetera. And Canada is a huge player in, in the critical mineral world. Many of, the, of those minerals that the U.S. needs are in Canada. So we have to work together because that's a huge undertaking, to, to, to get these minerals out of the ground in a sustainable way and transform them um, so that be, they can be used in, the, in today's and tomorrow's economy and also a, um, in a sustainable way. And remember, Canada, we're, we're close by. We're extremely well connected. We are the country with the most connection. It makes sense, by the way. The most connections to Denver, um, you can fly, right? And uh, by far, and we speak the same language, at least one of our two official languages, the main one uh, is, is English. And we, we're a first class country with first class universities, first class workforce, very highly skilled. Work with us, not because you like us business people, because we feel there's something in it for you. Perfectly. So that's the whole point of trade. It's a it's a trade because both people, both sides benefit, both countries benefit. So uh you know, even with my uh, my education, I know that that's how trade works, which is really cool. 
Well, thank you, uh, Sylvain and Catherine, for being on. Catherine, I wish you all the best in your new endeavor with your retirement. Well-deserved. And I can't wait to see you when you're just a friend that I go visit in Vancouver, which will be really fun. And Sylvain, I look forward to continued partnerships with you and your team here in Colorado, perhaps another trip to a different part of Canada to form some new business relationships again would be fun in the future. And I think you're right. Me me seeing Vancouver for the first time this year was was just astonishing. Uh, not only the beauty, but the business connections, the universities, as you mentioned, being such first class research universities as well. Um, just really, really enjoyed it. So we look forward to just continuing our friendship and getting the word out about how important Canada and Colorado are to each other. So thanks again for joining. You're welcome. And thanks, Debbie, to you and Cobert for being such a great or such great partners for uh, the consulate and for Canada. That we work best in partnership. So we thank do. you. It's it's that. my honor. It's my honor. And uh, I just want to thank everyone for listening in. This has been a seat at the table with Debbie Brown, and I'm Debbie Brown with Colorado Business Roundtable. A Seat at the Table with Debbie Brown is a production of the Colorado Business Roundtable. You can find this episode, a listing of our upcoming events, and more information about our organization at cobrt.com.